in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. fathers of the Middle Ages were fond of repeating an adage that certainly expresses the mystery set forth and the grace made available to us in this gospel of the Missus Est. They used to say, Maria, Regula bonacorum. Mary is the rule of monks. By this, they wanted to say, <coughs> if you would understand what a monk is, who a monk is, in the mystical body of Christ, Look to Mary. Mary reveals the vocation of the monk to each of us. We correspond to our monastic vocation insofar as we fix our gaze on the Tota Book. on Mary full of grace, on the Immaculate. Insofar as we listen to and take to heart her very few words recorded for us in the Gospels. The man who begins his life in the monastery and perseveres in it looking to Mary, calling upon Mary, listening to Mary, will never go astray, will never succumb to temptations of despair, loss of faith, forsaking of charity. The monk who looks to Mary, who listens to her, who lives in her presence, will grow in the theological virtue of hope, in the theological virtue of faith, in the theological virtue of charity not by dint of some personal effort, but by becoming like Mary, utterly poor and empty and available to God. The prayer of Mother Yvonne May that I so often quote O most holy Trinity, do in me whatsoever thou desirest to find in me, so as to draw out of my nothingness all of the love and all of the glory which thou didst have in view in creating me. 
that prayer of Mother Yvonne Me is, in essence, so merry in the prayer, so merry in the prayer, that it could just as well be placed on the lips and in the immaculate heart of Mary as it came to flower on the lips of Yvonne May in the last century. O most holy trinity, do thou in me whatsoever thou desirest to bind in me, so as to draw out of my nothingness all of the love and all of the glory which thou didst have in view of creating me. Maria Regula Monacorum. This means that, following the doctrine of Isaac of Stella, the abbot of the 12th century, all that is said of Mary may be said of the Church. Mary is the type of the Church, the spotless, radiant, all-beautiful icon of the Church. Mary reveals the Church to the Church. The Church becomes herself in the contemplation of Mary. Is this why in this beginning of the final times? Is this why the world and the church were gifted with a whole series of interventions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, beginning in 1830, with her manifestation in the Lutibac. Of course, before the Lutibac, it was Guadalupe. Guadalupe, corresponding in the history of the Church to the Protestant Revolution. By giving the church an image of herself at Guadalupe, Mary was giving the church the remedy for all of the heresies of Protestantism. And then, centuries passing, at the Rue du Bac, the prayer was given, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Then at La Salette, she appeared weeping. She appeared as if the lamentations of Jeremiah had become her own. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, return or return to the Lord thy God. And after La Salette, Lourdes, I am the Immaculate Conception, and so on, not forgetting, of course, in 1879, the manifestation of the Virgo Orans, of the Praying Virgin, the Silent Virgin, the image of the Church here in Ireland, at Knock, and so on, passing through Fatima, 
Bohrin in Banlieue in Belgium, passing through Madonna della Liberazione, Tre Fontane in Rome, and the Virgin who appeared at a very critical moment after the Second World War in France, when France was on the verge of being swallowed up by militant atheistic communism, the Virgin appeared and asked children to pray. And the children prayed in response to the invitation of the Virgin and miraculously. France was spared the threat of militant atheistic communism. Well, I could say much more about all of these manifestations of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the life of the Church in modern times, but in all of them, in all of them, she reveals to the Church what the Church is and what the Church is to be in the divine plan. Yes, Isaac Costello says that all that can be said of the Virgin Mary may be said of the Church as well. And he goes even beyond this and says that what is said of Mary and of the Church may be said of each faithful soul. You know, of course, that Isaac Costello was preaching to monks. He was, in his own language and with his own peculiar genius, simply repeating the adage, Maria Regula Monacorum. It is in this sense that we are given the Nisusess, not only at Holy Mass on the Younger Wednesday in Advent, but also in chapter. When this gospel is sung at Holy Mass, it is a kind of setting forth of Mary as the type and the icon and the fulfillment of the Church. But when we read the same gospel and listen to it in chapter, it is in order that we might understand that Mary is the model and the type and the fulfillment of the monastic vocation, and indeed, what is said of the Church may be said of the monastery, insofar as the monastery constitutes an ecclesiola, a little ecclesial body. And so not only is Mary the regular monachorum in the sense of monks taken as individuals, Mary reveals to a monastery what a monastery is to be in the church. And it is in this light that we are to read, not just read, not just hear, but in some way scrutinize and pour over every phrase and every word of the Gospel of Miso says. It becomes extraordinarily 
take the words addressed to Mary in this gospel and hear them and receive them as words addressed to us corporately as a monastery and individually. And the angel being come in said unto her, Hail full of grace. Mary is greeted here as the Holy of Holies. As the Holy of Holies. The fulfillment of the Holy of Holies in the temple. Mary is greeted as the tabernacle of the Most High. As the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, as the Holy of Holies in readiness for God. What is a monastery? If not a place in this dark world, in this valley of tears, if not a place made ready for the advent of God, place of virginal emptiness, of poverty, place in which the desire to hear and to receive and to take to oneself the word of God is so strong that the whole monastery lives reproducing the image of the Virgin of Annunciation given us by Blessed Fra Angelico and by so many other artists of his school. The Virgin, often depicted seated with the book of the prophet Isaiah, closed her thumb marking the page of the prophecy of her virginal motherhood, of the Emmanuel. The Virgin is always depicted, straining forward, eager, all in readiness to receive all that God would say to her and all that God would be in her. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Even while Mary holds herself in readiness for the advent of God, God is in her, acting in her. God having prepared her from the instant of her immaculate conception for this moment. God is already present in her, making her capable of welcoming him in the flesh. And so to a monastery is what it is. May I say from its conception. Monastery has a history, has a life. It begins as a moment of conception, as a life. Monastery is what it is by virtue of a divine initiative. Monastery is not born of the will of man or by any human initiative. A monastery is conceived 
by an operation of the Holy Ghost as a place made ready for the advent of God. And these words addressed to us as a community are addressed to each one here. And the angel reassures the Virgin, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. The Virgin, so often depicted as straining forward to receive all that God is offering her and saying to her, is often also depicted as the Virgin raising her hand saying, What is this possible? And if it is, how shall it be? As a monastery, we need today to hear, to take to heart the words of the angel, Fear not, for thou hast found grace with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt name him Jesus. The monastery, like the individual monk, is called to bring forth Jesus, to become a manifestation of Jesus in the church and cause the monastery subsists in the church, a place in the world where Jesus can be found. His face, his heart, his hands, his words, his deeds. And this, not by any effort on our part, but by a divine operation. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. How often do we say in our monastery, Veni Sancti Spiritus? This is a prayer not recited in a routine manner with the lips only, something that we say because it's the prescribed thing. It is a prayer of incalculable consequences. Veni Sancti Spiritus. It is a way of consenting to the divine action by which we become with Mary and in Mary bearers of Christ. The monastery becomes if you read the book of Carol Hauslander, The Read of God, or the magnificent books of Father John Sayward, The Tree to the Incarnation, you will understand that the monastery becomes in some way a womb, a virginal womb made ready for Jesus and producing Jesus. And the angel 
promising to marry the sign of old Elizabeth's conception and of the birth of a son in her old age, addresses to Mary this word that is addressed to the church, to the monastery, and to each of us. Quia non erit impossibile apud Deum omne verbum. <coughs> because no word shall be impossible with God. Understand here that St. Luke's Greek faithfully reflects the Hebrew understanding of word in relation to divine word, word of God. God does what he says. No word of God is uttered in vain, but it immediately produces that unto which it is ordered. So word and deed here become synonymous. Because no word, no deed shall be impossible with God. It is this utterance of the angel that Mary takes to heart and that so acts in her that she becomes capable of responding it is this same utterance of the angel that is addressed to the church in every age, and certainly to the church in our own day. No word shall be impossible with God. It is this utterance of the angel that is addressed to our monastery today on this Ember Wednesday of Advent 2019. If I'm not mistaken, we will have had the ceremony of the new success for at least 10 years today. And this word of the angel is as fresh and new and powerful today as it was the, the first time it was read uh, in the chapter room of our monastery. How we need to cling to this word, to repeat it, to hold it in our hearts, and to say it back to God. No word shall be impossible with thee. No word shall be impossible with thee. And after having done this and prayed in this way, we will, corporately and individually, find rising from the depths of our own hearts that word of the Virgin that changed the course of history. The same word by which our monastery 
can be changed and will be changed. The same word by which each of us can and will be changed if we utter it in abandonment and in faith. Che anchi la domina, ti admiti sicuro